All right, it's September, a new month. Welcome back to the Integrateness Podcast. Jason and Jolene here. I'm clearly Jason. I'm clearly Jolene. I think that just works better because we couldn't pass ourselves off as each other, even if we tried. I don't know. You've got a good radio voice with that microphone. So I might it's all the microphone, really. Outside of here, I sound like Donald Duck. Um, <laughs> so we're on episode eight, I think, now. Um, and this episode is landing on the first day of school. At least yeah. here where we are in, in Kamloops, British Columbia. Um, and we both have kids. We, you and I have children of school age, do we not? Yeah. And believe it or not, they go to the same school and we had no idea, right? Like None whatsoever. Funny, I used to see you walking to pick your, your son up from the bus stop too. Like, it's really funny how I'm like, oh, that's, yeah, it's so crazy. Um, my kid's in grade six this yeah. year. Mine, uh, Marshall will be going into grade three and my twins are going into kindergarten. This is like whole new stage of life for me. Like I might just kind of sit there in my car, not really quite sure what to do. I might end up just working more or just like staring at a wall for a bit. I'm not sure this whole new stage for me. We, I remember we found my wife and I, like when, when Griffin started going to school that, yeah, like her dynamic change, she now had, cause I was working full time at the time and her, she suddenly had like six and a half hours a day. Where it's like, what do you do? <laughs> sounds like such a tease <laughs> i know right so just yeah I, I my advice is for the first bit jolene do nothing for six and a half hours a day and enjoy that right yeah no i can just reshift i work a lot of weekends because again lots of my work is based around my child care i have this lovely work-life balance that i've worked really hard for and i protect really well but now i get to reshift that and then of course be available for hockey and all the things after school so it'll just be like a reshift of everything but i am intentionally leaving free time for me to do things like use gift certificates for spas from three years ago um lots of things <laughs> go for hikes do things for me um um, in that time too. Yes, I am intentionally doing that. I'm not just going to fill it with work, guys. No, and don't, cause I, 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 when I moved, shifted to working from home, like I started just treating it like a work period. It's like, no man, go for a hike, go out for lunch. You know what I mean? Meet with friends, take advantage of that. Um, and especially like the beginning of the school year, try not to think about what your kid's going through going to school. Cause my son, like myself, hates school. He despises it. He cannot stand going. And I don't know if that's be my influence on him or just, it's just something that's developed. I think he, like me, likes his free time. He doesn't, he likes variety. He likes to choose how he spends his time and school's very regimented, right? Like how are your twins looking forward to this? Oh, they are digging that shit. They're like, we got to go with brother. They're all over that. My son, however, I was really worried about him when he first uh, started because all of his transitions to daycare were lots of separation anxiety. He was definitely my more empathic kid. Um, so I knew like every transition was going to be difficult. So I was expecting quite a lengthy transition into kindergarten and he just like blossomed out of his shell. It was so beautiful. But then the school burnt down like three days later. <laughs> Right. Yeah. That, that caused some stress. Right. Like he had all of like, he had like five different teachers that year, like everything that could have happened, happened. Then the pandemic happened that year. And I was like, how did this kid remain so resilient? That is still like from my professional perspective, mind blowing, but he was also when they're ready, they're ready. Right. And like, if, if people have watched their child be like from toddlerhood up, 
Um, you know, when your kid is maybe like not wanting to go and play at the playground without you and all that separation anxiety stuff, you know, when the more we push, the more insecure they're going to get because they don't feel safe, right? They have to wait until they feel safe. They feel resourced enough. They've got all of those things lined up in order for them. And for him, it was that pivotal moment. And it was like his daycare was amazing too. There was no reason for him. Like, it's not like anything awful had happened that it was hard for him to transition, but when, when they're ready, they're ready. And I really, um, could appreciate that because how you and your son are very similar. I was really similar to him in terms of being deathly shy as a kid. And clearly I got over that, but <laughs> I was deathly shy and I, you know, hadn't done any daycare and stuff prior to going to kindergarten. So that was essentially the first separation from primary caregiver. And when we're looking at like attachment, um, patterns and things like that, um, that's really where a lot of those like wounds come up. And it's interesting because as I talk with people about relationship issues, we go right back to first day of school, first day of daycare. And when they could not let go of mama's leg and I'm mm -hmm. like, this is why you are chasing that girl who's not giving you the same love back. So everyone listening here, first day of school is also <laughs> a reflection of relational patterns based on your attachment styles too, right? <laughs> oh, which is, you would not think that, right? I mean, we don't ponder that in our brains um but it's absolutely right like when you look back at your life and how all everything played out it all kind of goes back to that first relationship you really had right well yeah because i mean these are like especially with primary caregivers right usually this is our parents but sometimes it's other individuals in our lives as well but essentially it's like where that software first got developed right um and there's also this fascinating piece around object permanence. So when we play peekaboo with children, it's a, it's a brain development thing. And we hide behind our hands and our couch. They legit think we've disappeared. And that's why it's so hilarious when we come back. So that is also where separation anxiety starts to like form in the brain. And sometimes we don't conceptualize like, oh, if mom is gone away from the school or dad is gone from away from the school, um, they still love me. They still exist in my life, all these kinds of things. So there's a lot of different things that play into that separation anxiety. Um, but now, I mean, you throw like two years of COVID on top of that, right? And they've like changed the way you can just even be at school. And, you know, they had pods for the last couple of years and you couldn't interact the same way. And just so many different things changing how kids experience school these now, these days now too, right? And I'm curious now heading into the fall, how that's going to look, right? Because it's supposed to be back to normal. I feel like it's going to be back to normal. Like technically as of right now, where we're at, like we're in July, you know, recording this right now, but like, there's really no reason to think that we need to go back to masks or any of that. So it'll be interesting. It'll be like the first normal year, really that like my son has gotten and he's in grade three. So that's huge. Right. Same with my son, because it's been he was in grade three when 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 the shit literally hit the fan with the burning and the whole, you know, and the COVID and all that stuff. So for him, you know, he's yeah, this is I think for him feeling like a normal year again. Yeah. Um, he still doesn't want to do it, but, but you know, he it's still he's going to be a little more mingling with other kids, you know, on the playground at lunch, not being stuck with a mask in the bus and all that kind of stuff, which I think contributed to his anxiety, especially that first year of the pandemic. So going from three into grade four. Absolutely. And like, it's interesting. So you talked about like, you know, what he likes to do with his time doesn't like to be, you know, necessarily like told what to do, have regimented ways. I do believe like compared to when you and I went, Jason, um, there was like one way to learn or the high, like one way or no way kind of thing. And now like I go into classrooms and there's like adaptive classrooms, different things for the kids to choose to sit on daily. Um, lots more sensory activity. 
um, way more integration of, uh, there we go with mm-hmm. that, of, of like right and left brain and not just one way of lecture, sit, read and write. Like, I think it's so much more flexible for kids nowadays. However, you are requiring them to be at this place from this time to that time. And you know, it's really interesting. So I also, you know, like for you, that might've been some of the pieces for other people. It's like, you know, I dealt with bullying, uh, to a certain degree through different stages of my elementary years. Um, I went through like a, a, a chubby stage that my parents tried to tell me was baby fat. And I was like, I didn't have this shit for the last three years. How is it baby fat? In <laughs> <laughs> Four or five. So I had like that was a really definitive time of my life as well, which also changed how I interacted with people after. Cause I was like, I'm never no, not wanting other people to go through that. And I just became friends with everybody when I, when I could. Right. Um, but essentially, you know, one of um, the hardest things, and I think we talked about this in the vicarious trauma episode, but like, I remember going to the school a week before or a couple of days before it started and you'd have your, your classroom list on the doors, right? They don't do that anymore. They spend the first couple of weeks sorting that stuff out. Um, but you would see who was in your class. And I remember being devastated almost every year because I would be in a different class than all of the friends I had previously had in the other one. And they all got to be in the same class. And I didn't. And I remember hearing years later that it was because I was so adaptive and resilient and could get along with everyone. And I was like, well, you guys fucked me up doing that. That's not right. It felt so unfair to have to make new friends every year. Now I see where that's played out in my life. And I, like I said, am friends with so many different people. And I do think it turned into a beautiful quality, but it was pretty treacherous in those younger years. I remember feeling like it was very unfair, but that aside, I loved school. I was one of those dorks who loved school. I loved learning. I was way too social to miss school. I would go sick. My sister would find every excuse to be sick and miss school. And I was the do not make me miss school kind of girl. I got really good grades, but I also (laughs) got into a fair share of trouble. And I always like delicately balanced that fence. It was like permission to go and be a shithead, right? (laughs) (laughs) Which I, I think is brilliant, right? To be able to walk that line. Oh, I, I was just kind of a shithead. So it was just, I, you know, and I, I fought hard even to get like a C plus. So. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I would have been as, as much of like a partier and social gal in my high school years, maybe if I was struggling with grades and stuff, because I feel like the hammer would have come down, but like I was a dancer. So I was busy with that. I had a part-time job. I went to like every party there was. <laughs> And I was also like really good grades and valedictorian. So there was like no room for any kind of giving me shit, you know, <laughs> which uh, that's brilliant. I think, I think that's brilliant to like, cause you don't hear about that much, right? A kid is generally typically the valedictorian or the partier or kind of the awkward, you know what I mean? Like there's, it's rare for everyone to kind of be wrapped up, I think in one, pa- you know, person for, for lack of a better word. I, I know I spent my high school career not there as much as I could. Like even when I was there, when it became lunchtime, I was gone. I just disappeared off the school grounds because I just hated being there. Um, and you know, we I went to Norcam, and so me and a buddy would take off as soon as the lunch bell rang with our lunches, walk down Tronkeel to Pop, and then cut across onto Mac Island and do the long loop around Mac Island, get back just as the bell was ringing. The first bell was ringing to get to class on time. Like I was about as absent as you can get for a present person. It was great. Oh. 
Yeah. And it fascinates me. Right. And like, I, especially in my work, like we go back and do a lot of high school work. Like we do a lot of school trauma processing, all of that. Right. Like I've gone back and kind of inventoried what all my years looked like. There were some really awful years in, in elementary school and stuff. Right. Like I said, um, you know, I remember one year I had to like, I, I punched a girl like in grade five, she kicked me in front of my reading buddy or something. And I ended up punching her. And when the teacher called my parents at the end of the day, she was like, I'm really proud of her because I had just, this girl was such a bully to me. Right. I was like, she was like, I'm actually, I don't, I'm supposed to give her trouble, but I'm letting you guys know that like, she probably did the right thing here. Cause it was bad. <laughs> Well, and that my son had bullying like that in kindergarten and we tried everything like everything we told him to like do avoidance we told him to try to be his buddy we told him to report the kid to the prince you know the teachers the teachers tried to rally this kid in and then finally i just said son he comes up to you again just smoke him just give him a good one so my son did of course he did it right as the teacher was walking by um so he got in trouble for it but the kid never bugged him ever again and i even remember doing that myself in grade eight with a kid that just wouldn't leave me alone. So I just sl slogged them one in the hallway. That it's, was it. I know it's conflicting advice, but I'll never forget. Like I was sitting on the floor with my little kindergarten buddy and she just came up and kicked me. Like it was so embarrassing. I remember my heart just like being so sad and being sad that my little buddy had to like, you know, um, experience that. And then I think it was at lunch. I was at my desk or something because I wasn't going to do it in front of that little person. Right. Um, and she like, I think tried to throw my lunch on me or something. And I just, that was it. I stood up and I just decked her, Good <laughs> but job. Then, like, it was just, and it, it sucks that it ever gets to that point. But like, you know, that was kind of the extent of like, just a lot of, I remember crying myself to sleep. I remember my dad just like, you know, feeling helpless. Like there was nothing he could do to help me there. And I remember those yucky times in my life. And especially, you know, females dealing with body image issues and popularity issues. Like, thank fucking God there was no social media back then, Jason. Oh, I can't. Right? I think about kids nowadays and the capacity of your brain to manage all those social dynamics in person, let alone things you have no control over that people are saying and showing about you outside of that. Like, I think that's really relevant in this back to school piece too, right? Like, I think some of these kids, especially the high school kids that were forced to build relationships online through the pandemic are coming back together in person and now shit that they didn't have the balls to say in person or online like in person they were saying online now they're going to be like face to face with some of these people too right so it is hard to be a kid and a teen in this day and age i really feel for them so what what should what can we kind of tell parents or even the, the younger people who are listening to this? Like what would be some tips we could give to now other than punch this person in the face if they get in your face, right? <laughs> Fuck, everyone's just going to be punching everyone. That's what I got today. Yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly, you know, the biggest thing, like I remember one piece of advice my mom told me way back when, you know, when you'd like come home and like. Jerry Springer would be on and it would be the like teen episode where if you got knocked up you had to drop out of school that was like always the threat in the background like <laughs> you'd have to give up everything if you were a teen mom you know um I feel like one piece of advice that my mom gave me was like don't ruin your reputation so you know that was such a superficial statement but what that meant underneath was like act out of integrity as best you can keep a strong value system, no right from wrong. Um, yes, we're going to get swayed by our peers and our desires and our hormones and all of these things that make us do really fucked up stuff. Like I look back at the things I felt so invincible about years ago and I'm like, thank God I did it then because I would be dead now if I tried those things. Um, but essentially, you know, really just 
on an individual basis with your children, just build a strong sense of self. Like so many adults I see in therapy don't even know who they are. They are adapted versions of themselves that have been pleasing other people for so long, right? Um, just to fit in or to this or to that. I feel like there's so much emphasis on uniqueness and individuality now, so much more discussion about speaking your truth. Like I didn't hear that shit in my teens, in my twenties, you know? So I love that like generationally we're evolving as well. I do think that the younger generations are getting a little wiser into being your most authentic self. Um, so I think that those are beautiful pieces, but really like allowing them a safe place to see what realistic, like what reality is like, um, reminding in face-to-face -face contact, in-person contact, who feels safe, who's here for our best interest, who we can trust. Like, what do these relationships look like that are reliable firsthand instead of what we're kind of perceiving social media wise too. Right. Mm -hmm. I think all have a strong sense of self and value, we can make wiser choices, I guess, if that makes sense. That does. That's really good. And I mean, I think the only thing I would add to that, it, it kind of ties into what you're saying is like, talk to your kid, mm -hmm. right? To find out what's going on, why they're quiet. If they come home, like, don't just settle with like the, how was your day? Oh, it was good. Okay. You know what I mean? Because I know my folks would do that and we'd have conversations. And, and because I was dyslexic and struggled, they would then learn where they would need to advocate on my behalf. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so I remember I had hardcore test anxiety. So that's why I was bombing most, most courses and classes. I, I knew the material. I just couldn't write the test. So my mom, who was a teacher advocated hard. I remember in the grade 12 year, when it came to the provincial exams, I could actually write that test in a room by myself with no one else around. And that made a tremendous amount of difference in those, that last year in terms of my performance. Like I was suddenly getting like A's and B's in classes. I normally would just tank, but it's because she fought hard to get the system to understand that I just, me in a room with 300 other kids trying to write a test just didn't work for me. And so I think that would be something that I would just talk to parents about. Like, if you're seeing a pattern, ask the questions and then fight for your kid. Like, because the system's too busy and they got too much shit going on to pay attention to one child. But if you can make enough noise, they will, they will listen. Yeah. I think that's cool. And actually what's coming to mind for me right now, Jason, is like that kind of doesn't surprise me in a sense. And you probably, as you've gone through your personal journey a little bit more, you might understand why being around that many people was very distracting for you. So sometimes when we're a bit more empathic and we pick up on what other people are bringing, and also let's take into account, like you're a paranormal investigator, there's a reason why you have access to things that maybe we don't all see or hear as well. And I understand that's also why I was deathly shy and overstimulated as a kid as well, because I didn't know how to, uh, what all that was and how to manage all that. Right. So it's mm -hmm. interesting because I wonder too, if the minute you got all that stimuli and other people and all those other energies away from you, you were able to like, just be sovereign in your own space. Right. Oh, oh yeah. I can remember being in this room in the library, <laughs> you know, that Mr. Munson, who uh, was a teacher that I had in extended studies at the time, which might've been grade 11 put me in there. And I just remember sitting in this room and he's like, okay, Jay, I'll be back. And like, you know, I'll check in on you in a half hour, but you've got two hours go. And I remember just being able to sit. It's still like all these years later, sit and just be like, Oh, and just read and focus. Wow. Whereas before it would just be like, yeah, this overload of energy and looking up every two seconds and looking around and just not able to sit in one spot. So looking back, that's, you're, you're, you're probably hundred percent correct on that one. Right. 
interesting eh? cool so the other thing too is like that's kind of all of the the children aspect of things and i encourage us people like as we're talking about this think about your experiences as a kid and how much of that you re like you see in your children often our children are going to kind of bring these things back to light for us to do some of our own healing as well right so you had parallels with your son i had parallels with my son in the separation anxiety piece like i said i don't think my girls are going to have that issue but they're also like built-in best friends and they've watched their brother do this as well so i feel like socially they're going to be okay um but again they each have their own separation anxieties with me one of them has a hard time at bedtimes and things like that right so we'll see what happens but you know for parents now it's like what does back to school mean for us so the other thing about september for me is like September is actually my new year. January is not my new year. It's halfway through a year. We spent 21 year. No, we, sorry, 13, 13 years. I don't know. Unless you went to university as long as I did, it was 21. <laughs> um, but like we spent 13 years from a very young age being conditioned into thinking a year was September to June. So the beginning of a year is actually in the fall, which is a strange time to be starting something new because when we look at um, seasons and cycles of life and uh, nature and stuff. Fall is when things are falling away. That's our harvest time. That's when we start to prepare for winter. We prepare to go into that cocoon state and we're actually bumping into like the most productive time of the year. So we're actually energetically kind of counter to that phase and stage. But it's also the time people like get back on track, they start fitness routines, they start eating healthier, they get schedules sorted out, they try to get the household put together. You know, I don't really spring clean, I fall clean because we're going to be inside for the next many months, right? So I start to do that kind of stuff. The minute spring hits, I'm like, I don't care what my house looks like, get me outside, you know? <laughs> it's a weird yeah, me too. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I think it's just that manic energy of the spring. But when we look at some of those things, it's like, oh, yeah, what does back to school mean for parents? And if it was a triggering time for you, Jason, I wouldn't be surprised if you got a little wired up and squirrely around that time. I have people who still in their adult years, we actually go back and kind of like unwind some of the trauma from that stage of the year because we have cellular memory that relives stages of the year. Um, and uh, especially when there's like uh, markers and reminders of that stuff. So we start to see all the signs, the back to school sales, we start to see binders and loose leaf paper go on sale. I don't know if that's still a thing nowadays, but I think it, it is actually I saw a commercial the other day. <laughs> <laughs> but we start to see all that. What does that trigger for you? If you had this like child version of you that like fucking hated going to school, I would not be, look at your face right now. Oh, yeah. no, it's, it just, it just, <laughs> I still have nightmares, Jolene, that I, I didn't complete one last course to get my journalism degree. Like still, and I've been out, I've been out of the business for like eight years now. I still wake up in the middle of the night. Oh my God, I didn't. Oh yeah, no, I did. I did. It's okay. It's okay. Just breathe, breathe. Wow. But yeah, think about that, right? So all those things are actually quite triggering for you at the same time, even if it's not an active thing in your life right now. Um, so yeah, really interesting. Again, for me, uh, even with those negative younger year experiences, I was able to have so many positive experiences and really long for the social connection that it worked in my favor and was more of an exciting time of year for me as well, um, which is weird. I know I'm a weirdo and I like Mondays too. Like it's <laughs> weird people who are like paper in the morning and like 
yeah, I don't know. I might. Well, I saw you had it on the last day of your vacation. You had an Instagram post saying how excited you were to come back to work. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with her? <laughs> like, no, she's like, what? <laughs> that, that was me dancing on the dock. So I was a couple cocktails in at that point. Oh, okay, That's, that explains a lot. I mean, my best between like three and five o'clock, I got a good buzz and then I eat and then I got to like worry about responsibilities of getting kids to bed. So I don't really drink after that anymore, but <laughs> <laughs> Three and four o'clock is my prime because I've kind of been, you know, day drinking for a bit on vacay. Yep. Anyway, so that maybe that's what happens when my kids go to school. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be doing some extra day drinking. Right uh, on. <laughs> that's the thing, right? Like building a life where you like, I love the work that I do. Um, and especially here, like I'm rejuvenated after my days. Like it's just, and being my own business owner and entrepreneur and everything, spaces like this to get all these ideas and passions out and stuff. Like I was excited to come back, but yeah, I'm totally that dork, right? Like I'm that person. <laughs> well, why don't, I think the listeners, cause we've got everything up and running now. Mm. Um, so leave comments over at our Integrateness podcast page about your back to school experiences or your thoughts on back to school or how you coped or how you've helped your kids adjust. And we'll talk about them in upcoming episodes. Yeah, we want to hear all of it. And we want to hear like the juicy details too of like your high school years. Like what was your worst memory or what was your best memory? Like everyone's got that one thing they're known for in high school. Like I can think of a few of my friends, like the pranks, remember all the like grad pranks and things that would happen. Like there's always like, someone's got a story about something, right? Well, we want the anonymous details too, right? (laughs) And yeah, yeah, and we will talk about them here. If you will, if you're okay with that, we will talk about them here on the air in future episodes and as they apply to other topics that we're covering off. If you don't want us to just say this is just for, for Instagram. Fine. Um, we are out of time on this episode and I've also got something lodged in my throat. There you go. He's really nervous about back to school, guys. I told you this is very triggering for some <laughs> It's traumatic. I can't do it. It is. I'm super jazzed. So that's Jason. I'm Jolene. Thanks for tuning in and joining us. And we will talk to you next week about actually Suicide Awareness and Prevention Day, which is on Saturday, September 10th. And uh, we'll be covering that topic and all things related in our next episode. Until then, be cool at school.